please join me in prayer as we as we know together there is only one thing happening here that is spirit ever present ever powerful expressing in and through all of manifest creation everything that we see everything that is unseen is an expression of spirit so we center ourselves in that knowing right here and now knowing that we are a part of that too that spirit is expressing through each heart here through each mind through each soul and through each body here I know that as we open our hearts and our minds to the influx of spirit that God fills us with peace poise power love beauty truth all of the attributes that spirit have those are ours as well so we welcome that right here and now into our own mystic heart into our beloved community And we give thanks for this beautiful fall day that has manifested for our delight and for our pleasure. And so, centered in appreciation for all that is, I simply say, thank you, Spirit. And together we say, and so it is. Amen.
welcome to our Teze meditation service. My name is Reverend Diana Johnson, and I'm the pastor and spiritual director here at Mystic Heart. And we welcome you home to our community, and as the song spoke, to your own Mystic Heart. And so we invite you to join us in another chant this morning as we begin. Today's theme is honoring the body temple. And so this song, uh, may you find peace in your body. beauty of joining our voices together, the shifting in the vibration, the, the way the joining of voices calls to our deepest selves, calls us into a beautiful place to begin this morning's journey. And so if you're not already closing your eyes, if you're comfortable doing so, I invite you to settle into this space. Letting go of all that has come before this moment and allowing ourselves to fully arrive. 
taking a deep breath in and letting it go. Letting ourselves be held And in sacred ritual, we take a moment to sense our oneness with all of life. Envisioning a web of consciousness surrounding and infusing the planet. Seeing and feeling ourselves to be a point of radiant light in that web. Knowing that every human is a spark of divinity and radiates with that same light. Every person that is now, ever has been, or ever will be. The light of spirit. As we envision every creature and every plant, every rock and grain of sand, every drop of water, the clouds and the wind, and as in our minds we look up beyond this planet, the heavenly bodies, all aglow with God's energy, And I sense and know that my light is enmeshed with your light and with the radiant light of all of creation, all of life. And so sensing our oneness, we acknowledge our role as caretakers of one another and of this beautiful planet that sustains us all. And grounded in our oneness, we center our hearts in honoring the sacred. And we give our attention this morning to honoring the body temple. Our physical bodies are part of the sacredness of all of life. They are miraculously made to perform a number of functions. Breathing, eating, assimilating, reproducing, healing. They are sensory receptors that allow us to perceive and navigate our world. They are channels of communication between us and the divine. They are the temples, the houses that carry around our consciousness. For thousands of years, humans practiced more embodied forms of spirituality rites, symbolic gestures involving the body, 
offered a means of connection with the great mystery, with a higher power. Before there was the written word, stories were acted out and spoken. Histories passed from generation to generation by oral tradition and movement. Still today, many religious traditions involve the body in acts of devotion, bowing, standing, kneeling, physical prostration, making the sign of the cross. Reaching the hands to the heavens and dancing are all forms of embodied worship. Devotional practice is not necessarily about making particular motions. True worship is an attitude of the heart. But using the body to express our devotion can provide a sense of true embodiment, real communion. All too often we allow our communication with spirit to become reliant on mental activities. Listening to the words of a message. Studying sacred scriptures. Reading a spiritual book. or discussing spiritual matters with others. There is nothing wrong with any of these practices, but might we be missing something? We, when we engage our bodies in devotional practices, we are affirming that we are embodied creatures. and that not every part of our existence can be reasoned out or understood logically. In the Hebrew scriptures, King David invites a kind of embodied worship when he says, let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp. And in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul asks the people of Corinth, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? We must realize that the mind is not the only gateway to the soul. Our minds are neither more nor less necessary than our bodies in walking the sacred path of communion with God. There is a reason 
we have been given both. We don't always have the capacity or the desire to form our prayer into words. Maybe in times of uncertainty, our prayer may look like taking a walk and feeling the stability and constancy of the ground under our feet and remembering the infallible nature of the divine. In times of sadness, it might mean noticing the vibrant colors of nature and being reminded of the inherent beauty of creation. Maybe in times of great joy and celebration, our prayer might look like singing and dancing. And maybe in times of quiet connection, prayer might simply take the form of mindful breathing. I invite you into musical meditation.
The physical and spiritual are not opposed to each other. They are not two competing worlds. There is not something apart from our life called the spiritual journey. The journey is our life. When we sleepwalk through life, we are just along for the ride. When we mindfully participate in the journey, we are walking the spiritual path. Spirituality is a path of action that reconnects us with the vitality of the body. In this sense, spiritual practice is transformative. Spiritual practice moves beyond belief and theory and into the realm of action where change takes place. I invite you now to relax your body, sit comfortably, and slowly bring your attention to your feet. Feel the sensation of your connection with the floor. Imagine energy coming up from the earth, entering through your feet, and rising up into your ankles, your calves, your knees, 
and your thighs. <coughs> Breathing deeply, focus on the sensations in your legs. Now shift your attention to your hips, your lower back, your pelvis, and let the energy continue to rise up into your abdomen. Release any tension with each out-breath and become aware of your stomach area, the other internal organs, your mid and upper back, heart, lungs, Feel the energy continue to rise up through your body temple. Feel the sensations in your arms. Allow the divine energy to enter through your hands and rise up into your forearms, your elbows, and your upper arms. Let it join the energy in your torso as it rises to your shoulders and neck. Breathe away any tension you find and slowly roll your head in a full circle, stretching the neck and shoulder muscles. Now shift your attention to your face. Feel the divine energy relaxing the muscles of your face, your ears, your scalp. As you breathe slowly, Notice the movement of air through your nose or mouth. Feel the sensations in your forehead and up to the crown of your head. Your body is filled with life, light, spirit. Now expand your attention to include your entire body. Allow the energy to flow through you, in through the feet, and out through the crown of your head. Bring into your awareness everything from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Feel the gentle rhythm of your breath as it moves through your lungs. Imagine your blood carrying oxygen and nutrients to each of your cells. As we enter the sacred silence, continue to relax and breathe easily, maintaining conscious awareness of your entire body temple.
the music gently guides us back into the present moment, we take a deep cleansing breath. Gratefully embodying the divine energy of this meditation. In gratitude for this time of shared communion with spirit and with our spiritual companions, we humbly accept these precious gifts. Thank you, God, for everyone and everything. I invite you to know with me now that spirit is moving powerfully through each of us and through our beloved community. Individually and collectively, we are a powerful spiritual influence on our world. As we evolve in consciousness, the benefits of our growth ripple out, blessing the entire world. Allowing our hearts and minds to stay fully open and receptive to Reverend Diana's continuing message this morning, we welcome the presence of the Divine as we worship in and honor our body temple. I would like to share with you the words of Dr. Ernest Holmes today. I invite you to continue to just listen and take these beautiful words into your consciousness. I do not lean heavily on his writings in my speaking, but the principles upon which he built his philosophy are universal and they're spread throughout my teaching. I deem him to be one of the prominent spiritual teachers and evolutionaries of his time, and his work is deeply grounded in the New Testament, but reflects other world traditions and philosophies as well. I am the Christ within you. Be still and know that I am that which thou art, and thou art that which I am. Be still and know that I am God within you. Be still and know that every atom of your body is in tune with perfect life. Be still and know that every organ of your body is in harmony with me. Be still and know that every activity of your physical being moves in accord with my divine perfection. I am the principle of perfection within you. And I am also the activity of that principle, forever manifesting. Manifesting myself in perfect form. 
I am not caught in your body, but I am your body. Never limited by its action, I produce its action. By some divine intuition, by some inner whispering of your soul, by some light on your path, you have progressed. I am that light, that urge, that whisper, that voice. I am your real self, the Christ within you proclaiming his divine presence to your human consciousness. This Christ within, within you is at the center of every person and everything, being the all-being, I am the being of all. From the smallest particle to the greatest, from the lowest form to the highest intelligence. You must understand that this I am at the center of your being is the I am at the center of all being. When you do understand this, all nature will have a new meaning for you, for you will know that the odor of the rose is the radiation of my consciousness. You will know why the intelligence in the animal responds to you. You will understand the mystery of mysteries. You will possess the key that unlocks the storehouse of nature. You will be bound with an inseparable unity to all that exists. Since all parts of me are forever one with the wholeness of my being, then that part which you are is never separated from my being, but is forever more united with it. Even the cells of your body are some part of this being, one in consciousness with me. And if you would be made whole, know that each cell of your body is in union with me, has never been separated from me, and is forever one with my life. They have the consciousness of my being, and this consciousness of my being alone constitutes life. You are the execution of my will as I am the one within you that conceives the purpose of that will. I am the love, you are the beloved. I am the abstract, you are the concrete. I am the impersonal, you are the personal.
There could be no you without me. You as an individual are but one unique manifestation of my being. Because my being is in all people, each may recognize the other. I am that which they recognize, and I am the intelligence that responds in each and through all. And my closing prayer today comes from his Science of Mind and Spirit text. I am complete in thee. Almighty God, everlasting good, eternal spirit, maker of all things and keeper of my life, thou art all. Infinite presence within, in whom all live, joy supreme flooding all with gladness, I adore thee. Eternal peace, undisturbed and quiet, I feel thy calm. O thou who dost inhabit eternity, and dost dwell within all creation, who dost live through all things and in all people, hear thou my prayer. I would enter thy gates with joy and live at peace in thy house. I would find a resting place in thee and in thy presence live. Make me to do thy will and from thy wisdom teach me the ways of truth. Compel me to follow thee, and let me not pursue the paths of my own counsel. O eternal and blessed presence, illumine my mind and command my will, that my soul may be refreshed and that my life may be renewed. As deep cries unto deep, so my thought cries unto thee, and thou dost answer. I am renewed and refreshed. My whole being responds to thy love, and I am complete in thee. All my ways are guarded and guided, and I shall live with thee eternally. O lover of my soul and keeper of my spirit, none can separate us, for we are one. So shall thy wisdom guide me, thy presence dwell within me, thy love keep me, and thy life envelop me now and forevermore. I rest in thee. So as we prepare to conclude our Teze this morning, I invite you to bring your awareness back into the space, 
to notice your body, your senses, the feeling of the atmosphere in the room. And as you feel ready, begin to gently open your eyes to join us in our closing. And as we do, we offer the opportunity for you to share of your financial good should you choose to do so in support of the work that we're doing here. If you're joining us online, you can find a donate button or an address on our website, mysticheart.org. We do offer a gracious giving program if anyone is interested in making a monthly contribution. And so as we have our offertory today, we will be offering some song. Feel free to join us if you catch the words and feel like it. take a moment to offer our thanks for all of the gifts given this day.
knowing that each one is given from the heart of love and received with that same heart. Trusting and knowing that these gifts are used wisely, that they are grown and multiplied and returned out into our community for the good of all. And together we say, and so it is. Amen. Okay, so I would like to just, for this service, briefly let you know that in your bulletin, there's a little bit about... 12 Days of Kindness, and October's focus for donations will be socks, gloves, instant coffee packets, toothbrushes, small toothpaste, and Christmas cards. So those that's listed in there if you want to take that with you. And then in November we'll focus on the things we haven't gathered yet. So we appreciate in advance your participation in, in the 12 Days of Kindness this year. Um, also in the bulletin briefly, we're looking for a couple more folks to join Chris Netto and John Simmons and myself in uh, brainstorming and planning some uh, future Mystic Oaks adventures. So if you're interested in joining us in that planning, let me know. And we are celebrating the fact that we reached our first $100 donated on uh, last week to Farmer's Footprint. So we purchased our first acre to re be regenerated. So thank you for all that you contribute, all that you offer here. And so we close with our closing song. May your soul always find what it's looking for. May your heart always be the way. May you live in peace and harmony. And may love always fill your day. May your path be strewn with happiness. May success find you. a beautiful Sunday. If you'd like to join us for conversations and lunch, it's the Oktoberfest theme today. Please join me in prayer. As we know together, 
that spirit is in this place. Spirit fills this place and everything and everyone in it. Because everything and everyone is a manifestation of that spirit. For God so loved the world that he became the world. We know that the world and everything in it, the universe and everything in it, is the manifest body of spirit. And so I celebrate right now my oneness, the oneness of each one here with that same creative spirit, knowing that we partake of the nature of our creator. We are creative as well. And so we speak our creative word this morning to center ourselves in a receptive and open, loving place where the inspiration of Reverend Diana's message can fill us with joy, fill us with wisdom. And so from that center place, I simply give thanks to Spirit, knowing that that same infinite wisdom that God is guides this con conscious conversation this morning and that each one receives what we've come to receive and each one shares what we've come to share and all are blessed. So with a grateful heart, I just let it be so. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for that beautiful opening, that reminder that all of this is the body of spirit. And so I invite you this morning to embody this celebration. Get up, move, sing, dance. Feel free to let your body be a part of the celebration. Here we go. I said, here we go.
physical song. that that's what we're doing and do it consciously. So <laughs> I look down. Go ahead and stay standing if you're able. <laughs> if you'd like to stand up. Look, today is all about embodiment. And actually, I'm usually way physically smaller up here than what my normal at home is. I'm a mover. I'm a dancer. I'm a, you know. So um, I invite you to do whatever's comfortable for you, but sometimes uh, new experiences can be had by inviting the body in. So, whatever feels right to you. Stand, sit, reach your hands up, raise your arms out, hold your hands up, just sit quietly. But whatever it is that feels right for you, feel your feet rooted, still rooted to the earth. And feel that energy that Chris spoke of in the last service in the meditation. That energy coming up through your feet, out of, out of the earth, flowing through your legs, flowing through your body, through your arms and hands and fingers, up into your head, and then out the top of your head, and just cycling round and round. Energy. Energy moving. Feel the power of creation moving through you, through that energy, 
as together we envision our love-soaked world. This is a world where peace and joy and abundance and generosity and justice and freedom are the living principles that guide our every thought, word, and action. This is the world where all humans practice loving kindness and compassion and care for our planet as the sacred mother that she is. We're creating a world where all needs are met, where all beings have plenty of nourishing food, the safety and comfort of home, where all beings have the medical care and education that enrich their lives, the healthy relationships and the right livelihood so that life becomes abundant. Creative expression, sense of belonging. A world in which all beings are valued for their inherent goodness and light, where the peace we cultivate within us shows up as a world that is free of hatred and violence. We're creating a world that knows no greed, where there is absolute, complete abundance in simply having enough, where every being deserves and receives all that is needed for a full, rich, and contented life. In this more beautiful world that we are creating, every member of the human family serves as a conscious vessel through which all of the blessings of spirit can flow. We disregard all appearances to the contrary in this visioning. Like the prophet Nehemiah, we are doing a good work and we cannot come down. We will not lower our vision. Knowing with our whole hearts that such a world is inevitable, we take the necessary steps towards its creation. There is no reason we cannot have such a world, and so we call it forth from the realm of the infinite possibility knowing that it is taking form right here and right now. We hold the vision, we sense it, we speak it. We align our actions to support and nurture its graceful unfolding. And we give thanks, letting it be done. And so it is. Amen. See, what I've what I've figured out doing this week's preparation is that because, how do I put this? Because the tradition or the tendency in our space and in our circle has been to be fairly still and quiet and introspective, because there's nothing wrong with any of that, 
and I have those moments too, but I'm realizing that I hold myself back, that I'm almost afraid to be as big as I want to be, as I feel like I should be, because I don't know what everybody's going to think. How silly is that in this teaching? Hello. So I think that's where the first topic today in the Teze came from, because I didn't set out to do um, embodied practice, embodied spirituality. I set out in another direction and that took me over. So, we're going to change direction a little bit here, but I'm just putting out there that I'm trying to give myself permission as I grow and change to just be myself. And so if that starts to look bigger and my arms start to wave and I start to dance or something, it's okay. All right. So that out of the way. This morning our topic has been honoring the body temple. And during the Teze we did spend some time contemplating our physical bodies and how they serve us and how they serve to connect us with one another and how they serve to connect us with the divine and how they serve as expressions of devotion in all kinds of different ways, depending on what tradition you come from. So, Spirit did lead me in that direction, which I didn't expect. Have, have you ever experienced that? Is it just me? You thought you were going this way, and shoo, off you go that way. Yeah. We talked about movement as a component of worship and how it has been part of the spiritual life since ancient times in all kinds of traditions, and how in many traditions it is still an important part of devotional practice today. So it's not just something from the old days, it's something that actually in many, many, many traditions still occurs today, and may even begin to occur here. You never know. <laughs> We've gone, uh oh, I'm getting uncomfortable. I will never make you do anything, I promise. Our conversation this morning, I'm going to move in a little different direction than that. So here's my first question for this morning's discussion When was the last time you had an intentional conversation with this precious earth suit that you call your body? When was the last time you had an intentional conversation with your body? All the time. What's wrong All the time. Why are you hurting? What's wrong with you? Okay, why are you hurting? <laughs> okay, so you're talking about why are you hurting? What's wrong with you? Get what it else? together. Get it together. <laughs> honor it for being here for 71 years. Okay, honor it for being Ooh. here for however long it's been here with you. As you, with you, for you. That's really unintentional. Several unintentional <laughs> conversations with the body. Okay? Yeah? I found myself telling my legs I was grateful for their presence as I was walking around last night. Ah, nice. So included my feet. There you go. <laughs> telling a part of your body that you're grateful for its presence. It's easier to do when you're active, like hiking or doing yoga or something. You're much more right. clued in and listening. Yeah. So that was part of the, the practice we talked about, not only the dancing, the singing, the reaching, the whatever, but also yoga, tai chi, dancing, um, all forms of using the body in, as a devotional practice 
So how did, when you talked to your body, how did the conversation begin? Pretty one-sided. Pretty one-sided? Mm -hmm. <laughs> body didn't talk back? Mm -mm. It does a little bit. It's only. <laughs> Okay. Not talk back, but it creaks a little bit. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get it up and going in the morning. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of noticed that when I haven't checked in with my body for a while, it can start the conversation. Yeah. I don't have to start the conversation. It's that pain that you're going. What? What? What are you doing? What's going on here? So, have you ever had that experience where you have lost track of? communicating with your body long enough that it then starts a conversation with you? Yes, yeah, you want to tell us about that? Well, after three months of Dave in recovery in the hospital and not doing my yoga and my stretches, trust me, my whole body said, hello. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hello, are you there? Are you paying yeah. attention? Are you paying attention to me or not? <laughs> are you paying attention? Yeah. So often pain or discomfort is a way that our body speaks up and says hello, right, when we're not attending to it. So then that takes me to wondering what part in our evolution does pain play or discomfort? What part does that play in our... I think it's a wake-up call. Okay, it's a wake-up call. It's also how we connect to knowing something is wrong. Okay. It's how we connect to know something is wrong. Something needs to change and be done differently. And what was that? Oh, it's something to grow past and become stronger over. Something to grow past and like become rehab. stronger. You have to go through the pain to get to the other side. Okay. So when you're in rehab, you've got to go through the painful stages to get to the other side where the pain decreases. It's also a sign of an inner conflict. Okay, it can be a sign Mental of an... Or emotional. Yeah. It can show up in the body. It can be a sign of an inner conflict or an emotional problem, trouble going on. So the body is hardwired to maintain or work toward longevity and growth and balance and peace and healing and wholeness. So pain is one of the ways the body lets us know what it needs. I love this quote from Dennis Merritt Jones. He says, your body wants to remain your soul's home for a long time and is willing to go to extreme lengths to make it so, <laughs> even if it makes you miserable. <laughs> so the question is, are you listening or do you ignore the body's voice when it is trying to communicate with you? Or do you have a tendency to muffle the voice in some way, some of the time? Depends. So when we do that, I, I'm going to speak for me because I'm really good at doing that. I don't tend to have a lot of pain, physical pain in my life at this time. But when something does arise, it's not going to stop me from doing what I'm going to do today. Because I had a plan, right? I had a plan. So what 
Why do we do that? When we do that, why do we do that? What are some of the rationalizations that we use for just putting it aside and moving on? Because I'm needed. I must do this. Oh, I'm needed. I'm needed. I must do this. No one else can do this thing that I am to do today. Yeah? That's a good one. I can always do it later. I can always do it later. Yeah. It's too hot out now. It's too hot out. <laughs> it's too cold out. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Or it's raining. It's raining. <laughs> well, we also just get determined. We're locked into that plan. and Okay. You know, if our body's not going to cooperate, it's going to have to go along for the ride unwillingly. There you go. <laughs> so we're just so determined to have it our way, doing our plan the way we wanted it to go. <coughs> that we're not willing to put it aside for a little bit. How about just one more thing, and then I'll stop. <laughs> I'm good for that. <laughs> <laughs> just one more thing. I think that's why mine found its own two by four. Ah. Yep. Don't pay attention. The call can get louder. Huh? Yes, it can. can. Get louder. How about it doesn't really hurt that much. Yeah, denial. <laughs> denial. Not wanting to feel weak. Not wanting to feel weak. Yeah. Or have others perceive us as weak. Because if I listen to it, I might have to do something about it. Oh, if I listen to it, I might have to do something about it. Mm. If I wait, maybe it'll go away. If I wait, maybe <laughs> yeah. it'll go away. Yeah, that, that's a good one. How about something like someone tries to help you because it looks like you're struggling and you say, I can do it myself. <laughs> Anybody else in here, I can do it myself? Fierce person? independence. Fierce independence. Yeah. Machismo. So, machismo. There you go. <laughs> From your experiences with pain, what do you suppose it might teach us if we were to listen or when we do listen? What is in it for us? What does pain have to teach us? Patience. Patience. Self-care. Self-care. Self-love. Self-love. Humility. Humility. Oh, talk a little bit more about what that, how that relates. Yeah. Does it does it put you in a place of having to be open to be served? Yeah. To let people do for you? Some of us might not be so good at that. Maybe some of us are really good at that in here, but it also makes you vulnerable. Makes you vulnerable. So it teaches you that it's okay to be vulnerable if you listen to it and, and flow with it. Mm -hmm. Well, like, um, like pain, humility is an opportunity for you to look at what's going on and strive for a better balance okay. between your mind and your body and your body and your outside environment. That okay. all needs to be in balance. Right, so the, the humility piece of that is that 
you were mistaken and having to admit that you maybe thought you were in balance, but now you're realizing that wasn't balance and I need to find a new balance. Yeah. What about compassion and empathy? Yeah. Hmm. So how does it teach you compassion and empathy? Well, as I am forced to see my own physical weaknesses and to work with those, mm -hmm. I get a little bit less judgmental. Okay. Of so both myself and others. All right. So I become less judgmental of others. In a lot of my jobs, I've worked with elderly and disabled people, and being the person who has broken all the things and been in all those things, I, I, I have more understanding yeah. for what they're going through or what they might need. Or right. You know, I've, uh, I've had that broken leg before. I know you can't get up these stairs. Why don't you just come on and let's go up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like, let me help you. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. it just helps you understand better their situation and what they might right. need. Yeah, so when we look at other people in this moment, what's it like to be you with that disability, with that physical challenge, with that pain that you're experiencing? And you can reach out in true compassion and empathy for people. Also, you can achieve that compassion within by being compassionate toward yourself mm -hmm. uh, yes. and uh, you, you know acknowledging the weaknesses of right. celebrating what you do have instead of oh, yeah. looking at what you don't have that's really important right there celebrating what is going right giving attention to what isn't broken or hurting and allowing what's hurting to hurt and not denying it but also recognizing that there's a lot of you that's pretty okay right now, right? What about trust or surrender? Does pain have anything to say about trust or surrender? Well, let somebody help you, you have to trust. They're going to meet the need or, or, or okay. you know, want to help you. So to let somebody help you, you've got to trust that they're going to meet that need, whatever that is, and want to help you. You've got to surrender that independence. Surrendering the independence. Allowing the help to be given. Allowing help to be given. Maybe even to seek out the help. That, yeah, to be able and willing to seek out the help. Trusting that eventually things will come back into wholeness. Trusting that wholeness is the truth of your being and things will eventually come back to wholeness and balance. That leads back to faith. Faith, there we go. When we surrender our resistance to pain also, it sometimes lessens the pain. Okay. If we're, so if we're fighting it right. instead of leaning into it and saying, okay, what, what's here for me? Okay, so surrendering to the pain can lessen it because it lessens the resistance physical resistance in your body. And trust can foster hope, and hope gives us something to look forward to and mm -hmm. achieve again as we've had before. Okay, so trust gives you hope that things will be returned to what they were before, or something better, or something better. So the surrender, you know, let go and let God, let it be what it is. Go with the flow. Don't fight it. No. 
Oh no, I was just thinking <laughs> like we're just sidebarring, but oh, well, um, that's okay. Sidebar out loud. I was just thinking about I saw like a, a place of balance in a place of balance. Uh-huh. I think that some of us humans tend to rely more on one of our stronger characteristics, uh-huh. and that the other ones not maybe develop as much, but. Some people who are, like, let's say I've, I've had broken arms or broken legs or whatever, you have to, if you can't accomplish the thing and you're all alone, you have to outthink it or find a different way right. to accomplish it because obviously you can't use the thing, so how can I think okay. my way out of this and let your intellect build? And then I've known some people who are so physically strong and large that they don't, they can't, they don't think their way through anything. Right. They just sort of physically Push everything. Push yeah. everything, yeah. And it, it's always forced me to slow down and think. Okay. Like how, how can I develop this other part of me? So pain can cause us to develop the weaker aspects of ourselves to compensate for the part that's temporarily not working very well. Inspires creativity. Inspires mm-hmm. creativity. Good. What about forgiveness? Yeah. What would you be forgiving? Yourself for the mistake that got you hurt. Okay. <laughs> Yourself for the mistake that got you hurt? Or forgiveness of the person that because of them you got hurt. Okay, so if there's another person involved and because of them you're hurt. Yeah. Maybe even just forgiveness of the situation itself. Just, you know, forgive means to give forward, to move on. So you can be in it, dealing with it, not denying it, and still allowing yourself to be aware of other things. Forgiveness gives a place or a space for you to recuperate from. It -hmm. provides, when you forgive something, you create a space for something maybe better. True, yes. So forgiveness can create a space for your healing to come about, for something better to come about. So did you know that grief can also settle in the body as pain? So when we're grieving, let me tell you, you better process it and grieve. Mm-hmm. Do your grieving. Because it'll find a place in your body, it'll settle in, it'll block things. Whether our pain comes from physical or emotional causes, and sometimes we don't know where it began, we just all of a sudden, my shoulder hurts. What happened? I don't remember hurting it physically. I don't remember how this happened. I have. A finger that's all bruised right now, right here. It doesn't hurt, though. And I don't know how it happened. Sometimes we just don't know. But it is trying to speak to us through its discomfort. In order to heal, we need to pause and get quiet and go within and ask simple questions of the body. Ask the body some questions and listen deeply, because then we can ask all the questions we want. But if we already know the answer in here, before we ask with the mouth or with the internal questioning, we're not getting ourselves anywhere. In order to heal questions like, how are you feeling? You know, when you start your day, do you ask your body, your physical body, how are you feeling today? Do you scan top to bottom? to see how everything's responding? Or, or what do you need when there's pain or discomfort? What is it that you need right now? And then, what'd you say? 
said ibuprofen. Ibuprofen. <laughs> might be that. Or ice. Or heat. Might be that. Might be that. Or it might be something else that you're not wanting to admit to or deal with. But if you listen long enough, if that knowing is there in the wisdom of your body, it will surface. It will surface. And this is partly because you have everything you need already. You already have everything you need. So yes. it doesn't have to come from outside of you necessarily to make right. you better. Right. Your body is built to heal. It's built to heal unless something blocks it or gets in its way. You know, what about another question? How can I help? How can I, the highest self, the wisdom, the other part of my humanity, all that that makes I, how can I help in regard to this pain or this discomfort? This deep listening works for small things and large. Before they become painful, small things will respond to you if you really want the answer. And if you're really prepared to respond according to what's given, the body, I think, if, if we ask and then we don't, we say, oh, that's it. Well, never mind. I'm going to do this anyway. It just gets louder and louder and louder. Isn't the body looking for love? I believe so, yeah. The body is looking for love just like the rest of us is, right? And that yeah. in itself is a bit of a balm. Mm -hmm. So if you can embody or feel that love, you can apply it yourself or to outside to rectify any uh, ill-conceived notions or imbalances yes. in your life. <clears throat> yes. Self-love is so important. When I listen to my body's responses, I actually know which foods are nourishing to me and which are not. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't always follow that knowing. <clears throat> I might eat pizza anyway, or I might eat a hamburger anyway. And aspects of the hamburger are good for me. <laughs> yeah. But none of the pizza. All of the pizzas. Are All of the pizzas. There's my girl. There we go. It's a solid. When I really listen to my body, I know which forms of physical activity are best for me. Just because someone's jogging down the street doesn't mean I should jog. How many times has my chiropractor told me, you should not jog? <laughs> not you. But I have to really listen. And deep listening means responding appropriately to the messages that I'm receiving. This means being willing to make changes. Changes. So it went through my mind when I wrote it down, so thank you for that. Yes. Not that again. Every time I walk in this room, she's talking about changes. Because <laughs> nothing is certain but change. We did that all through the month last month. And the month before, probably, and the month before that, probably. But the more comfortable we become with the flow of change, the more our lives reflect our wholeness. The more our bodies and our outer worlds and our relationships reflect wholeness. I have a, somebody I follow on Insight Timer. His name's Reverend Skip Jennings. He's a live wire. 
but he does a live session on Fridays called Flow Fridays. And he teaches flow as an acronym for faithful, loving, open, and willing. So when I approach change with, with that flow, when I get in the flow with change, I can approach it from a place of deep faith that all is well, faith in God, and in the process that I'm going through. I can approach it with love for myself and others and for life itself. I can approach the change with an openness to growth and with a willingness to do things differently. Ernest Holmes spoke that awareness is curative. Three word sentence, awareness is curative. We can't change things in favor of healing unless we know what needs changing. So again from Dennis Merritt Jones, he says, our body exists in its own field of intelligence. It is profoundly wise and on many levels knows what it is doing. Not only does it know how to gain our attention, it will attempt to heal itself when given the opportunity. So I have a three minute something short from uh, Reverend Dr. Michael Beckwith for you. Well, what if can also be used positively. Mm. You know, what if everything works out? Cool. You know, what if I have more than enough money? You, you can go there and you'll get to what is. Because what is, is that right here and right now, all of the power, all of the presence, all of the intelligence, all of the love, all that is, is already here. It's already here. It may be latent within us, but it is here. And as we begin to think like that and, and contemplate that truth, our frequency rises. We begin to hang in that, in that awareness. Now, what has happened is that individuals have normalized fear, which means their attention is more on what they don't want than on what they do want. So what people don't understand is that anything you don't want, you're having a relationship with it. It's existing and you're not wanting it. And so people walk out, I don't want to be broke. I don't want to get sick. I don't, I don't want to correct the Rona. Collect, I don't want to catch the coronavirus. I don't want to, I don't want to. So in that moment of I don't want to, the law doesn't distinguish between what you want and don't want. It only knows what you're interested in. And so if you're interested in not getting robbed, not getting poor, not catching a disease, you're in relationship with that. And then that's what you manifest. Now, it may not, you may not manifest that exactly, but your body temple doesn't know the difference. You'll still produce toxic chemicals. Immediate toxic chemicals. Immediate create the condition for disease. Uh, so I teach people, you don't, you, you know, you get what you want or don't want. The law doesn't differentiate. So stop placing all of your attention on what you don't want to happen and begin to place your attention on what you like to see unfold in your life. Begin to describe it. You know, the law says, you know, you, you, don't, you don't describe what you see, you see what you describe. So if, if you're living in an in a accurate description of possibility, then the law starts to bring that into manifestation, you see. And, and now most people, people should be taught this in elementary school. Yeah. You know, but instead, 
you know, we have the nefarious forces that keep people in fear, you know, and, and, and keeping them all pumped up about what to be afraid of next. Oh, the Russians, oh, Corona, oh, aliens, oh, whatever, whatever it is, people, people are nervous, you know. We're not meant to be like that. We are, we are, we are an absolute reflection of the entire cosmos. What do we have to be afraid of? There's no such thing as death, you see. So there's no loss in the cosmic scheme, but everybody is, they've allowed themselves to shrink into being a little old something. And then they normalize their fear. You know, Shakespeare said, a coward dies a thousand deaths. Constantly, even before anything even happens. They've rehearsed all the negative stuff. So it's what you're interested in. You're praying for whatever, whatever you're interested in. Is this all? Yeah, it is. So what kinds of things have you been interested in? And you don't, we're not going to really talk this through, but just call to mind. What kinds of things have you been interested in lately that might not be serving your body temple as well as you might? Because anything that does make you fearful, upset, nervous, worried, does release toxic chemicals throughout this body temple. And it happens instantaneously. And if you're not aware, then you don't even have the capacity to help shut it down. So maybe as you move into this week, Look around and ponder what are the things that set me into that negative space that might be poisoning my own body temple. I'm going to close with a short article. I love Science of Mind um, magazine, sometimes, not always, but sometimes they're really good ones. And in June there was a whole issue uh, dedicated to the body divine. So I went back and I went, oh, let me take a look at that. There is a, an author and transformational coach and nurse practitioner named Molly Kate Brown and she wrote this short article that I think is worth sharing as a, as a closing before we pray up. It says, the body is the vehicle through which we experience existence. There is no separating the body from our everyday reality. Not only do we experience reality through the body, but the body is the place through which our deepest truth our core knowing arises. That's the gut. That's the intuition. That's that felt sense of what's right. The body provides valuable information we need to conduct our lives in a way aligned with who we are. If there is contraction or discomfort in response to an event or an interaction, we'd be well served to inquire further. Where does the discomfort arise, and what is it telling us? Answers to these questions aren't always apparent. It could be as simple as, it's a no, or that path isn't in alignment with who I am and what I need. It could also mean, however, that our perception is distorted, in which case inquiring more deeply into the discomfort is beneficial. We all know the feeling of a yes within the body, a perfect alignment of head, heart, and being. 
If an interaction or encounter yields a feeling of inspiration and relaxation, consider it, even if it doesn't seem doable or possible. Sometimes we fret and try to mitigate the discomfort of uncertainty by planning ahead. Another option is to trust the unfolding and remember that the steps, though not clear, will arise as we traverse the path. This faith in the unknown can serve us well. To use the body in a trusting, intuitive way requires ongoing care and cultivation. To hear what the body is trying to tell us more clearly warrants a return to it regularly. We must develop ears to hear its silent music. Prioritizing self-care for our body temple is a personal choice. Physical activity, a clean diet, and an awareness practice of some kind, breath work, daily meditation, yoga, walking, keep us mo more closely connected to ourselves. Awareness helps us stay in a more relaxed state, and our knowing more easily arises. Ultimately, we have the answers. Practice listening to the messages of revelation, healing, and personal progress. You can trust your body's wisdom. So let's support one another in knowing that wisdom Support one another in whatever healing we are undergoing, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Support one another in leading lives, living lives of awareness and wholeness. Because I know that there is only one source, one infinite presence expressing itself as its creation, each one of us made in God's image and likeness. We have everything we need already within us. And so I take this opportunity to know for each one listening that wholeness is the truth of our being. And we set about the good work of allowing that wholeness to be revealed. We give our attention to our wholeness. We become interested only in wholeness. In this moment, I commit to spending some time daily in deep conversation with this body that so graciously carries me through life. I ask, I listen, and I respond lovingly to meet its needs. And in turn, it does what it was created to do, to return to perfect health, body, mind, emotional body, and spirit. With a deep sense of gratitude for this community and for all of the gifts of this and every day, with deep gratitude for the physical world as the body of God, I say thank you, spirit. Thank you, Holy One. You have blessed us all. And so feeling blessed, I release this prayer. 
in full faith that it has already been answered. I call it done. I let go and let God. And together we say, and so it is. Amen. I guess it's time for us to offer the opportunity for you to share of your abundance with this community should you choose to do so today. The good that we do with this work can only grow and be grown and given back as we receive your blessings today. If you are at home, you can go to our website, mysticheart.org, and find a donate button or a mailing address. We appreciate your gifts very much. We also have a gracious giving program. If you're interested, there's information online, or we can talk to you about the possibility of offering a monthly contribution to support our work here. So as we move into this time of giving, we hold these words. They're in your program if they're not on the screen, although I haven't changed them to match. <laughs> there's a sentence missing. Oh, there we go. Okay. So if you would join me in this affirmation for our offering. As I awaken to the God within me and all around me, I see abundance everywhere I look. I consciously step into that flow of abundance by this act of giving. I offer this gift freely in the spirit of love, blessing and sending it forth to heal and prosper. It is evidence of my deep faith it does good work in the world and blesses all of creation. I give from a consciousness of abundance. And so it is. Amen. All right. We have... Lucinda's all ready? Cool. Sorry. <laughs> we have a song for you today. Feel free to get up and move if you feel so called.
people won't stop dancing while these fires burn and grow. There's a brakeman with a lantern, he's waiting for a train. Come on, get on board, you can't go back from where you came. Now faith is all there is, like it was at the start. You will have that train if you listen to your heart. You got to listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. You will hear that train if you listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. You won't be led astray if you listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. You will travel safely if you listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. You will travel safely if you listen to your heart. Days where he's musician and tech crew and it's, practitioner. And it's at stage, right? Yep. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, so we just receive these gifts with such a great heart of gratitude, knowing that they are blessed, they are given by those who are blessed, and that hmm, we are inspired to be good stewards of the. assets of our beloved community. We give thanks for the generous heart of each one here that has contributed to Mystic Heart, and we give thanks for the good work that this money does when it goes back out into the world. So with a grateful heart, I just say thank you, God. Thank to each one of you, and so it is. Amen. All together, hand in hand, we see the light, we take a stand, and we are changing. A whole new life for you and me, take your path and set it free and share.